Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. Hey guys, Tristan here from the Extreme Common Sense Podcast. You may notice Ray's not here because Ray's a lazy bastard. Just kidding, I love Ray, but he's not here. So nonetheless, Dan and Nasa with Bad Wolf Gaming, we appreciate your podcast support, and we hope if you're listening locally, you'll check them out at 711 Chestnut Street in Berea. They've got a full arcade with some gambling things, sort of. So check out the arcade. Check out Dungeons & Dragons, Yu-Gi-Oh! Magic. They're a great place to buy your cards. Don't miss out. Get into Bad Wolf today. Tell them Extreme Common Sense sent you. I'm Trisden. And I'm Ray. What we hope to do here is find a little bit of middle ground on some of these extremely polarizing social and political issues. Welcome everybody to Extreme Common Sense. What's up, Ray? Hello, Tristan. How's it going, man? Okay, you? Very good. It's, what, Wednesday, so as we edge closer to Friday, I don't know if everybody does this, but my mood like a crescendo gets better as I get closer to Friday. You have to have weekends off for that to happen. Oh, apologies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I, I work most Saturdays. I just like to get Sunday off. I'm not a big fan of working Sunday. I don't yeah. mind working Saturday. For, because it's it's the Lord's Day and you're very religious. That's true. Yeah. Yes, that is true. That's a big part of it. Yes, yes. So it's been, uh, you know what? I, I want to start the show. I really want to se- uh, thank uh, Self-Made Tattoos. Because we steal their Wi-Fi, and if it wasn't for them, we could not have a show. These guys next door? Yeah. Are they aware of that? Uh, maybe. <laughs> well, we can at least mention them. We, yeah. So thanks, guys. You know, if, if you hear a random it's, podcast. It's not you. hard to... They, they really don't need the sign. They're the nicest guys in the world, but every time they're, I pull up, there's like two or three dudes hanging out, and they are covered in tats. They are tattoo billboards <laughs> hanging out right outside the door. Like, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, there's no mistake in uh, tattoo... What is it? Self-made tattoos. Self-made tattoos. Oh, shit. Yes. That doesn't sound good. You go in and design it yourself and Man. go as far as you can, and then they help you out. <laughs> they wrap it up for you. Yeah. I think you're confusing that with the massage parlor, right? Uh, it could be. True story. <laughs> uh, and it sounds like it's made up, but it is not. Vince was still alive. It's 25 years ago. And uh, shit, it may be pre-kids. Nancy, I think, was working. Vince's husband, my sister-in-law, at Wood- Woodside Travel in, uh, in Lexington at, at Bluegrass Airport. And she had befriended this young lady and... And they came to the pool at uh, my mother-in-law's house. And this guy had been in the Marine Corps. He was a little bit rough. And he had a tattoo that said, America, love it, or L-U-V-I-T. And Vinny looks at it. He goes, love it or love it? He goes, yeah, it was in the Philippines and it was pretty cheap. So for eternity, he's got America, love it or love it. L- no, it was, it, so it was L, how do you say, L-O-V-E and it was, I think it was L-U-V, love it, or it was just, it was definitely a screwed up tattoo. There's nothing funnier than people that get fucking messed up tattoos. And I've always wanted a tattoo, but I just can't think of anything that I want forever. Even at 42, maybe, you know, I've got maybe another 42 in me, maybe at best, you know, avoiding cancer. But what do you get that you just think you'll love 10 years from now? So do you have, you have no tattoos? Not one. How about piercings? Uh, my ears were pierced okay. through college, and okay. that's been it. Because I don't have either, and I've, and that's a really small minority. 
Um, but I figured Lucas joined me in that. My partner at Galaxy, Lucas, pretty straight cat. He said, no, no, I had pierced my ear when I was in the band in high school. I was like, holy shit. So nice. even you. Yeah. Now, Raymond, my son, has neither. Really? Yeah. Ray, Ray has neither. Yeah, I think I was 12 years. Now, I'm just, you know, I've, I've got a white trash history. But, you know, I think I was like. Uh, a, you always pick on me. Can you say that? Oh, yeah. You could definitely say white trash. But you know what? They're saying that you can't say that because that is offensive to blacks to say white trash. Now, because the implication is that blacks are already trash. So to point out that a white is trash is as a minority. Anyway, I like the term white trash. I think I'm going to go with it. Like the all in the family. Now, you're probably going to pick on me, but I'm just quoting all in the family. The all in the family where Archie said he's the laziest white man. Oh, wow. And Mike was like, Archie, laziest white man. He's like, what? He's like, you're implicating an entire race. So you're saying all black people are lazy? It's one of those exchanges. Right. He's the laziest white man I've ever seen. Right. Now, a guy, the Archie Bunker mentality, he didn't even realize that was a slur. Right. He's just like, well, you know. That's funny. But, and you, man, we could we could have a whole conversation about that because on the heels of Dave Chappelle's SNL monologue, I don't know if you followed that, but real quick, my oh, point yeah. was the reason I'm white trash. I came home from school in like fifth grade and Dennis, my stepdad, was like, yeah, I'll pierce your ear for you. <laughs> so grabs a fucking potato and a needle. I don't think any alcohol was That's involved. Funny. in just So yeah, like I, I rode the school bus with my good friend who was a super Pentecostal, if you're listening. You know, that just sort of means Christian, but really, really Christian. Oh, like God, yeah. Women can't wear makeup, long skirts. One of my good friends was Pentecostal and he just, I mean, he thought I I was going to hell. That's he saw funny. me get on that bus at 11 years That's old. Funny. He just was, man, I'm sorry. Your soul will burn for all eternity. And kudos to you to getting back to your point. I never, I've listened back to these podcasts <laughs> and I'm like, shit, I start something. I never get back to it. <laughs> I, I, and I and go notes. ahead and mention Chappelle, but we have to talk about the election because oh, yeah. we, we were actually going to have a guest today and I called Trizan and said, man, let's just do a post-election show and chat a little bit about that because we get to smile a, a bit. We Not not necessarily gloat, but maybe smile a little bit. And yeah, let's get back to Chappelle. I mean, we can put him yeah. at the end and, and yeah. We can talk. I mean, it is, man, I, I don't know. I don't know. What, if, the election or Chappelle? Election. You're going a, to the election? Okay. election. Yeah, make is, a Chappelle note. Yeah, we'll, we'll make a Chappelle note here. But yeah, man, I don't know if politics is to the point yet or will ever be again where there's ever gloating and true happiness because you sort of just move on to the next. Right. You know, now we've got Trump running in the. Jesus the, Christ. <laughs> Does the man have an ounce of humility? Not an ounce. Man. Just it, take a breath, Donnie. And Show it, a little humbleness for crying out loud. I mean, come on, dude. And his party's just begging him, please wait till this runoff with Warnock and Herschel Miller is over Herschel before Warren. you jump in. That's what I said, right? Miller. Herschel That's a, you're Miller. trying to plug Miller. another one of your hey, clients. How about that? I drank this weekend. But uh, yeah, so Herschel Walker, sorry, and Raphael Warnock. And, and they just want, wanted Trump to wait because obviously he brings a lot of passion to the election. So people will come out to vote Democrat against Herschel because of Trump announcing. And he just, he does not care about his party. And, and never has never care. He cares about nothing but Donald Trump. And that last night proves and solidifies that more than anything. Like yeah. you said, not a Republican out there, including uh, maybe some jag off like Matt Getz or, or, or Marjorie Taylor Greene. But you know, there is, there is, you can dismiss them as easily as you can dismiss, you know, left wing woke tree huggers. They're just lunatics. But you just can't come out a week after you just got trounced. Basically, every election denier gets beaten. Your handpicked candidates, with the exception of J.D. Vance, all lose. You just got to quietly take a break and then see what next year brings. Just shut the fuck up. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a you, you take six months off and then you check the climate and then maybe you, you throw your hat Not in. Not this asshole. 
does not care. But again, I think, you know, it's self-serving in so many ways. I mean, that there's the potential if you're the Republican candidate for president to keep you out of some of these lawsuits and some of this trouble sort of get back burner. Oh, you think that's part of it? Oh, 100 percent part of it. Wow. Yeah. That's I mean, frightening. Because then he can get on stage and say, oh, you know, they don't want me to win. And look at this conspiracy. They're trying to, you know, win. Obviously, all this stuff's been going long before he announced, et cetera. But yeah, man, I, I think he's. Uh, I'm. I feel bad for my friends that don't see it because, again, I, I don't know that there's so many of these people that are a little bit shady. I'm not saying that Donald Trump's the only shady politician. Now, I won't say, oh, they're mostly shady and these guys all suck. But I will say he makes it so obvious who he is, and the people that don't see that are really willfully ignorant. Well, is there something to that? Is it? Uh... Is it that he, you know, because, again, the appeal to Donald Trump is going to be studied for years. Um, uh, You know, did he just reflect what was already there? That's one question. Or did he stand up there and say, look, this whole system is corrupt. Yes, I cheat on my taxes. But if you want that not to happen, then you got to change the system. And some people were like, oh, hell, that's really kind of honest. Like he was somebody referred to him as the most, I think, Chappelle. Referred yeah. to him as the most honest liar. Right. Is that what he said? That's Yeah, that's part of his monologue. Yeah, the most honest liar that's ever run. So yeah. maybe there's something to that. There is. And, and I think if you talk to the people that really like Trump. The most honest liar. <laughs> the the mm. people that I know, at least, excluding, you know, obviously folks I don't know. The people that like Trump, there's an emotional attachment. Sure there it's is. It's not like. Sure there is. You know what? I, I really have always been a big border you know, person. And that's why I vote on the border. You know, it's like Donald Trump could come out pro border and then Donald Trump could come out a week later and say, let's fucking tear down the wall. The same people would love Donald Trump. It's not about policy. There's no policy that they're engaged with. They just, well, that's where that notion of the cult comes from. Right. And again, now I'm not saying 100%. There's no absolutes, but most of the people that I've met when they like Donald Trump, it's not, man, his tax breaks were, were great. It's, the, you know, I love Donald Trump and I hate the others. So the why? Others are bad. So why do you think that happened? Man, it, it is kind of cultish. You know, again, I think, you know, people like to be led and people like to feel like there's this great leader. I mean, how did I, I'm not I don't want to liken Donald Trump to a to a fascist. But how did any of these how did the fascist leaders of the past, you know, when people could obviously tell, you know, this isn't right, but he's our guy. Well, charisma plays a role. Certainly. I mean, you know, again, I'm, you tell me I get in trouble too much because I walk these edges. So, so let me say I'm not defending Hitler. Certainly charismatic. <laughs> probably the best speaker, him or Martin Luther King, probably the best speakers of the 20th century. Guy could give a speech like nobody else. Had a charisma. Mussolini had a charisma. Um, um, Fidel Castro certainly was charismatic. I mean, he'd give those speeches and go on for three hours, right? Yeah, undeniable. Um, uh, Trump has some char- has some charisma. He does. And, uh, you know, he's, he's generated a lifetime of fame for various things. You know, he's been around most of our lives oh, in, yeah. in the spotlight. So, yeah, there's a lot of things going for him. You know, he's had a lifetime of free political ads with The Apprentice, which, you know, his books, everything that he's done in the last 45 years. So he's just part of the zeitgeist. And oh, people have always liked him. He's un- right. He's until, under- you know, until he ran for president. Everybody liked Donald Trump well enough. And Probably now, true. Of course, it's, you know, nobody in 1995 thought, man, I just dislike Donald Trump. So he was a pretty likable guy by the masses. Uh, well, I think it goes back to what I've often said. You, me and 
pick a fourth, um, any fourth, whoever it is, a friend of mine, a friend of yours. We go to Mr. Trump's golf course at his invitation and play one of his courses. You're going to have a great day. You're going to be able to tell dirty jokes and you're going to have a good Now, he doesn't drink, but you can have a few beers. He's going to make sure you're well taken care of. I would say guests at his place do are treated very well. Of course. Of course. Um, yeah. You're going to have a fun day. No disagreement he's, there. He's not stuffy. He laughs easy. You know? Yeah. If, if he likes you, you're in. I oh, think. man. If he it's likes like, you, you're in. If it's just this whole any disagreement with him. You're out. Well, and, and so you and I, that's another part of this whole thing of trying to find some middle ground that I know we lean left more than we do right. But you and I are not going to go in there picking fights with them. It's going to be like, how are you, sir? Yes. You did, Bob, and you're going to have a great day. Yeah. No, no. Are we phonies? Yeah, maybe. But little, we're all a little phony. <laughs> yeah, a little right? phony. Well, yeah. Billy Joel, we all have a face that we hide away forever. Sure. The faces of the stranger. I can wear that mask. Yeah. Now, I will I'm say I'm not this. a bomb thrower. I don't have to go in there and tell him he's a, the piece. Well, it's much like you say in person. And we happen to be doing this. It's not necessarily social media or online, but it's a podcast. And we say things about Mr. Trump that we'd never say to him if we were in his presence. Would of you course. call him a piece of shit in his presence? No. <laughs> no. Right. Uh, well, depending on the sir, <laughs> you know, I, I will say this, that he is the only uh, political figure because I've always said, man, a, a beer with George W. Bush, you know, a beer with any of these Republican, you know, presidents of the United States would just be. A no-brainer. They're the freaking president. I right. will say, at the end of the day, Trump is the only figure that I would, I would really have to think about it. Well, because I, I think there's a difference between being very anti his policy and we completely disagree to literally trying to destroy the fabric of our country by saying that our democracy is bullshit. That's what I was going to say. January sixth, and even some of the things that he did did change. It would that. make and it. It would make it. Hard. It is true, and you just have to. <laughs> You know, yes, at some point you just have to pitch on him with that. Now, to his credit, um, I don't know how much, if any of you, you saw the speech. I was, uh, okay, so I was flipping back and forth between it and UK and Michigan State, which was a great basketball game. Michigan State got him in two overtimes. But um, it, it was, um, there wasn't a whole lot of me. It was, here's what we we accomplished during the administration, and here's where Joe Biden has fallen short. And you know, he fell asleep at the G20 and, you know, we were a great country and we were going great places. So he didn't do didn't mention the election at all. As far as what I saw, he spoke for like 50 minutes. I might have seen 20, but I did see his announcement that he was running again to save America kind of thing. Um, so at least there was that. But, yeah, post January 6th, it's really hard to be on the Trump train. And I think, you know, his feet have to be held to the fire, just like DeSantis's feet are going to have to be held to the fire for that fight he picked with Disney, which was stupid. And he it was. and he came up looking bad on it. Yeah. And his his opposition to homosexuality and the culture. I mean, DeSantis is a culture warrior. I mean, he is. Yeah. And his and it, and it appears as though on Tuesday people said, "Stop these fucking culture wars. We want you to go there and accomplish a few things." Yeah, and I think people just are getting sick of it. I, I think people are sick of hating their neighbor because they vote different. Right. I think we would all prefer to just kind of have a little bit of 1998 back in our lives. Look, we disagree, but God damn it, we're still, you know, we're still neighbors, we're coworkers. Everything doesn't have to be about politics. We don't have to be this divided. Although 1998 is a bad year to choose. Bad example. Because Let's that's, where, 90- that's where Republicans <laughs> sure. uh, impeach Clinton. Clinton over yeah. a fucking blowjob. Right. So bad example of a year, but yes. I, oh, I, I'm sorry. I, lying about a blowjob. <laughs> he, he did. So I think 
and I hope we're coming around a little bit. And again, I think you saw a lot of women that were very upset about their rights being stripped away on uh, Roe being repealed. Not repealed is not the right word, but you know what I'm saying. Made so, unconstitutional. Correct. So, yeah, I think that brought more people out than I think that was bubbling. And, you know, Tristan, I instinctively knew that and I mentioned it some. But in retrospect, it was silly to think that that wouldn't be the issue that it was because women were pissed, rightly so. A lot of men who support those women were sure. pissed. The Supreme Court is there to codify rights. It's not there to take rights away. Yeah. And that was a shameful decision. And even if you're, um, you know, even if you're an anti-choice person, you have to see that. So now it's really interesting. And Republicans did their best to distance themselves from that. A lot of the uh, anti-abortion rhetoric went away on their websites and their stump speeches, but that wasn't enough. You had taken away this right. And, and, and Democrats were pretty skillful in not talking about abortion as much as they talked about women's health care. Right. You know, and that was kudos to them. And and another thing, you know, we beat the shit out of Uncle Joe constantly. The right does. You and I even tease about him. I will say right here, I think it would probably be best if he doesn't run for reelection. But how much of a role did that uh, Philadelphia uh, speech that he gave that, you know, Hannity and Carlson beat him up about that it was uh, macabre and the red lights. And but he basically made that speech to say there is one party in this country that wants to end democracy. And he gave the same speech on Sunday night before the election. Now, I don't know to what degree that played a role, but he was very much focused on anti-democracy, you know, or demo these people are anti-democracy. They're willing to break up America's democracy for their own way. And I think that had some resonance. I think so too. And I think what that does, having that speech, nobody, you know, I think you and I would sit back even off mic and say, look, man, Republicans are good people, but you struggle with a lot of the really extreme right-wing folks. And I think what that speech by Biden did was say, this is not on Facebook. This is not on Twitter. This is a real world distinction. And we're, we're telling you there's Republicans and then there's members of that party that are trying to destroy our democracy. And you're going to have to reason with that. You can't have it both ways. Right. And it's like you say, it's really hard. OK, we can pick on AOC and we can pick on, like I often say, the tree huggers that spike trees. So a lumberjack loses his arm. And there's those lefties, maybe the environmentalists, wackos, as Limbaugh used to call them, who put the environment above all economics. And that's a tough way to be. But there's no real corollary. OK, so we have those people. All right. We got that to the extreme right who's talking about hiding children in caves so you can rape them and drink their blood. And, and like you said, I was listening to our podcast last week and I chuckled. You know, it's not like there was one Democrat who did that. You know, right. it's just a complete fabrication. It just doesn't exactly. exist. Yeah. So that's complete crazy. Fabric. That's just yes. fucking nuts. So it's hard to deal with that. And maybe people looked at that and said, yeah, there's a really fucking wacko element on the extreme right that just needs to be told, sit down and shut up. Right. You're not part of this. We're going to leave you out. And the other 98, 92% of us, whatever QAnon is, 8% of the country, we just got to ignore you because you're fucking insane. Right. Yeah. It's it's scary. And it's sad that it's allowed had has been allowed to metastasize to the level it is. And I don't know. Well, I think Tuesday was a, a bit of a slapback. A hundred percent. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know what you can do with people that think that, you know, there's lizard people infiltrating. No, the you can't do anything with them. And, and I'm not saying Trump was that to that degree, but he certainly coddled those people and he certainly yeah. gave them a little, you know, hey, you know, wave 
come 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 this way. I got your back. Right. And he's telling these same people, hey, you, you know about the Democrats and the drinking blood. Well, also, they're bringing in ballots from China and also they're destroying ballots in swing states and all. You know, so he's definitely embracing the fact that he knows these people are believing things that are impossible and fake. And he's playing on that. Yeah, so, he, he did. And got slapped a little bit Tuesday because I said here last lot, week because I, um, I watched it and, you know, the pundits were they, they sort of had it wrong. And I think the other thing, Tristan, is so obviously abortion played a huge role and where it played a role was 30 and under 30 and under turned out in big numbers. Yeah. And that is a traditionally difficult demographic to poll. 30-year-old kids aren't talking to pollsters. They're just not. So the sure. pollsters miss that. But I watched a, a 20 minutes of a 50-minute speech. It was a very subdued Donald Trump. Now, if, okay, so he got Vance, but if Mehmet Oz wins, if Blake Masters wins, if uh, Herschel Walker wins, if that wacky Carrie Lake, governor of Arizona, wins, that's a completely different Donald Trump given that speech last night. 100%. He, and that's what I had said last week. If all those people win, this son of a bitch is going to ride that wave right back. So he still, it still doesn't stop him. God bless that fuck. He is like, what'd you call him, Jason Voorhees? Right, yeah, he's the Jason Voorhees of politicians. It, he's definitely dead now. He's buried under the lake and chained to the rock. And nope, there he comes. Just keeps coming. He keeps coming back. But he's much cockier last night if those people all win. Oh, he, God. He's subdued because they kicked him right in the balls. Yeah. You and, know? And, and let, let me throw out two things. One, I've never been so happy to be wrong. I did predict that red wave last week. And that's what that's what I was seeing on everything. Well, so my only little diversion to that was it's hard to take that right away. I just didn't believe that. Those women that, okay, I didn't believe that that was a summer decision. They were pissed and that emotion had ended and oh, ho hum, that was just a, you know, abortion played a huge role. Abortion and democracy. Somebody said, somebody said it was abortion versus inflation and abortion won. Yeah, I think that's fair. And, uh, and I will also say this, you referenced Biden in his speech, you know, you can watch clips of Biden that are, you know, absolutely real. He's got the stuttering issue and he forgets you know, mid speech. Now you listen to the podcast here. I do that too. And I'm 42. It it just happens, especially when you're speaking for five hours a day, I'm sure you're going to slip up as an 82 year old man or whatever he is. But you know, the, the shit that he's had in this presidency, even, you know, just a few years of it, whether he runs again or not. And and I think to your point, a lot of people would be, feel like it's a safer choice to let him sit on the bench after this one. I think so. But I think he's really going to go down as somebody that was in a pretty damn tumultuous time in American history and handled it better than he's getting credit in this moment. Yeah. It stayed pretty steady. Yes. You know, didn't. Well, somebody, I don't know if it was you or somebody said, uh, I, what I like about Biden is he's old enough to say, fuck it. You know, they talk <laughs> they talk about people that have fuck you money yeah. that just have such wealth that they say, fuck you. Well, Biden's kind of like. Been there, done that. I don't give a shit about the accolades or the polls or whatever. Here's what I think, and this is what we're going to do. Afghanistan being an example of that. Yeah. You know, here we are a year and a half out of that now. And, of course, he got beaten to death. And, yeah, the 12, 14 deaths were a travesty and and a tragedy. But we're out of there. You don't hear shit about Afghanistan now, do you? No. Not not a fucking word. There's nobody, no Americans dying. And if we were still there, we would have lost a lot more than that 12 or 14 over the course of a year. Yeah, I think so. Just part of, and he just said, "Screw it, we're getting out. Yeah. We've been here too long. Four, three presidents prior to me, Bush, 
Obama Trump didn't end it. I'm yeah. ending it. And again, did it suck? It did suck. It wasn't smooth. No. You know, and, and again, but you, to your point, very tumultuous. And he just did right. it. Yeah. And, and you could debate all day. Well, actually, Trump had wanted to get out of there and Trump set the wheels in motion. There's plenty of blame to go around. But yeah, I mean, Biden said, you know what? It's probably overall the best idea for the country. So let's get the hell out of here. And, and was elected literally at the height of a pandemic that's going to go down historically as, you know, a million seven deaths, whatever it was in the United States, uh, b- b- several hundred million uh, globally. I mean, it was a crazy fucking pandemic. And um, he takes office in the midst of that and, you know, runs a pretty steady ship. Meanwhile, you know, every right wing bit of media just beating him to death as yeah. addled and, 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 uh, you know, in the midst of and Alzheimer's and, you know, so on and so forth. And, you know, and again, nobody's on the left saying, man, I love these gas prices and I wish it would go up even more. We all want dollar 25 gas. We all wish inflation wasn't here, but there are reasonably a lot of reasons for that. That's not a Joe Biden is just changed three rules. And so now we have inflation and we have high gas. Inflation is actually worse in Europe. And, and, way, I know Ameri- worse, and I know Americans worse. don't want to hear that, but that's just a, to your point. That's right. just a fact. And it's, you know, a lot of that is the supply chain and a lot of that's China because they close down a factory when one person has COVID and, you know, they're extremely cautious with that. And that's affecting the supply chain, which is affecting, you know, there's a lot of reasons, basically, is my point. But to say that this is just a Joe Biden thing. Look, if Trump was the president, we would still have in place. Of course we would. Yeah. And I'm going to ask you a question that'll piss off my sister. I'm not sure she listens <laughs> yet, but I have a very right wing MAGA sister in Jersey and 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 just like just like I don't know if you know I'm from New Jersey yeah okay I, 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 you've one. mentioned something about maybe maybe you mentioned but just like Trump never really takes a breath you know doesn't show any humility she was just how could this have happened to blah 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 okay whatever and of course she claims that she just spitting blood to keep food on the table because Biden's economy is such a piece of shit have you seen have you any evidence of people spending less money hell no also, have you you drive up and down the interstate to come to this podcast? Have you seen a lack of cars on I seventy five? And I and I know, and I run a business prison that I often say is a canary in a coal mine because you have to put food on your table, you got to put gas in your car, you got to put tires on your car. You don't have to come out and bowl. Our business is fucking booming. We're going to have a better year this year in twenty two than we had in twenty one, and twenty one was a record year. Yeah. So I don't know where people aren't spending money. So I'd add this caveat, and I think this gets lost in the inflation debate. There's no. No doubt prices are up. No doubt. Sure. Eight, nine, ten percent, although they said maybe dropping a little. And I did see gas down to like three eleven. Yeah. I filled up yesterday. It was two ninety nine at Bucky's. Wow, okay. There yeah. you go. I don't think this gets discussed enough. And I know this for a fact. If you go back, I manage roughly thirty people. If you go back pre COVID twenty nineteen, our kitchen staff was making ten, twelve bucks an hour on average. They're all making fifteen, sixteen now. Wages have all, were all forced up during COVID. Nobody saw that as a consequence of COVID. Right. Because when, when places reopened, a lot of workers didn't come back. You remember all the want, help wanted signs up and oh, down God. the bypass? Yeah. That you don't see as many. You still see them. Right. It put upward pressure on wages. Yeah. And I'm not arguing against that. I'm a fan of working people. Fantastic. You know sure. what? We're, we're But we're just a derpy little 30-employee uh, place in, in Richmond, Kentucky, and we're paying $15 and $16 and $18 an hour. The only people making... Less than 10 bucks an hour are a couple of special needs folks that come in through independent opportunities. And that's cool. It's a nice thing. They clean bowling balls and do 
parking lots and so forth. So you guys are racist against special needs as well. Well, I don't think you can be racist, but no, that's just an agreement <laughs> I, that we have. No, no, and I, those I, wages don't I just, increase. That's it's a but, great program you guys do. I, I joke, right, but that's really right, right. cool of you guys to take on folks that. But, but that's the only folks that everybody else has seen probably anywhere between. A, I, well, I don't know. So if you went from ten to fifteen dollars an hour, how big a raise is that? Thirty three percent. Yeah, that's a thirty-three percent raise. That's okay, nice. that's yeah. happened over two years. I mean, ten dollars an hour is the de facto minimum wage. Seven and a quarter, like I say, exists in very, very rare places. You know, the other place it exists is the fucking universities. Yeah. Kelly Wallingford used to say he was competing with EKU for labor, and it's unfair because they pay as little as they possibly can. Either right. they give them credits or they give them the least they can pay them. Yeah, which is shitty. But um, other than those jobs, $10 an hour is the de facto minimum wage, and most people are making in excess of that. And that really never gets discussed when inflation is talked about. And and obviously, it would make stand to reason, Tristan, if people have more money than inflation, that, you know, kind of economics 101 is is low supply and and a hot economy with a lot of money. So wages went up, and Democrats did dump a lot of money in. I mean, Republicans may have a fair argument that, you know, that last bill that went through the Help America, Build America Better, he didn't get all of it, Biden, but they did put billions, hundreds of billions, if not a trillion dollars into the economy. That's going to force some inflation up. Yeah. No, I I think you're exactly right. Yeah. So, but yes, to your point, it's not like these people are making the same wages they were with inflation. They are not. The, the adjustment has occurred. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, which may be why we don't see people spending less money. I mean, you know. Yeah, exactly. Still showing up to do the extracurriculars. Man, you know what? And, and you, and I tell you this only because you had a sales job at my right. place of business. I've sold. Wasn't half. very good at it. Nowhere near <laughs> as good as you. <laughs> I just got to take care of folks, man. Uh, half a million dollars in sales this year. Nice. In Madison freaking County, Kentucky. That's very cool. Like that's a lot. It's uh, it's busy. So it's, I'll off you, I'll ask you off air what your commission is. Yeah. It's like he pays me one nickel per every hundred dollars. And a t shirt. And a t well, don't forget that. <laughs> the t shirts are nice. Which you're not wearing today. What's that say? Blue Rook? Yeah, went to went Where's to, that? Went to Danville, Kentucky for a little siesta. Is that a whiskey distillery? And this is this is a vodka distillery. Uh, a Blue Rook but distillery. But went to a wilderness trail. Uh, bourbon, bourbon distillery. Yeah. It's on the bourbon trail. Oh, it was nice. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of fun. It was Danville. You just think not much going on over there, but uh, it was a cool place. Well, to Center College. Drink. Yeah. Center College is nice. Which is probably Kentucky's best college. Is it really? I think so. Yeah. Well, Berea usually gets ranked number yeah, one. Berea is, yeah. Berea I, is I will good take too. Berea over Center, but yeah. <laughs> probably for fun, uh, Center is probably a lot more fun than Berea. But to, no, but it was a lot of fun. Went over and, and tried some bourbon, and again, this this vodka from the, the shirt I'm wearing. But uh, but yeah, man, it was a pretty cool trip and and fun to do. And where'd you stay? We stayed at uh, Hampton by Marriott or Hampton by Hilton or Hilton something? by Hampton. Yeah, yeah. Hamptons or Hiltons. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, and, and here's a kind of a cool story. So shout out to my buddy Adam. When I was in college, we worked at Boone Tavern together. We were both servers. And I still see Adam, still in town, just like I am. And I'll just see him out periodically. He sends me this Facebook message one day and he says, hey, man, come to my apartment. I've got something for you. Now, he's a friend, but not somebody that's ever said, you know, come over to my house. I've got something for you. And I'm like, 
man, am I going to get over there and he's going to stab me? Like, it's just such a weird out right. of the ordinary thing. And he and I go over and see what he wants. And he's got a, a two day vacation stay for me in Danville like nice. through some trade he's, he's worked out. And he was like, hey, man, I see you going places on your social media. Like, just have a couple of days and you know go have a good time on me. And I was like, oh, it's so freaking That's cool. awesome. That's so, cool. yeah, what a random, nice thing for somebody to do. Now, have you ever spent a night at uh, Boone Tavern? Never. No. no, I worked there for a couple of years. And, and like every year, I'm like, this is the year I've got to go stay. And I haven't. And it's ridiculous. But you live in town with a place. It always is tough to make. Plans. It is. Now, Dave, uh, who grew up in Berea <laughs> yeah. and, you know, comes back for alumni functions, he'll stay at Boone Tavern. I would, too. When I he comes back. Would stay, yeah. Yeah. And he says it's a good night. Love Boone Tavern. And the food is excellent. And I can't talk my wife into eating there much. I don't know why. She Expense? Just, no, not expense at all. She just she's just not a fan of it, and I'm just a huge fan. You know, even I work there. Doesn't she and, like? I mean, the food is pretty damn good. Man, my wife's picky, oddly picky about random things, wow. and Boone Tavern being one of those. Like, I will beat her up to maybe go twice a year, maybe. But uh, I'm a big. I could eat spoon bread with every meal all day. Yeah, it's basically bread pudding, right? Yeah, I guess sort of. And I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. But yeah, it uh, so, so it was a pretty good trip and pretty pretty cool thing to do. Now on the opposite heels of that, uh, giving a quick shout out to our sponsors here at uh, Bad Wolf Gaming, boy Aaron at Berea Pond, BuckshotandLead.com, Nate at Stove Leg, and of course Troy at Front Porch Studios. Appreciate you guys. I think we've got our canned commercials going, so I won't get into too much detail. But it does seem like I often have an Aaron story. I've got a quick Aaron story okay. for you. So. I usually drop by Berea Pond on Saturdays. Like, uh, if my wife's going with me, we'll go like after four when she's gotten ready. If I go, I'll just get up and do a couple things. Like, if I'm running errands and I'll stop by 10, 11 o'clock. What's the Saturday hours? Uh, I think they probably open at nine or 10 and they go till five. Okay. So I had to drop off a package, which is kind of why I got out a little early. It's only 10 at 10 o'clock. And uh, I pull in in the Land Rover that I'm driving today, 37 miles till empty. Pull in the post office, run the package in, run out, freaking out of gas, 37 miles. So, so 37 miles. It's still saying 37, 37 miles, miles till ass. Yeah, yeah, till that I, you know, and usually I don't wait super long, but I'll, you know, I'll drive it down to When's 20 the last miles. time you ran out of gas, man? Man, it's been a decade. So you ran out of gas Saturday. Out and where Saturday, were you at the post, at the Berea post, post office? office. Yeah. It's so Christ. it was the like first day of the miserable cold. Like it was really <laughs> cold and I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know what? My buddy Aaron at Berea Pond will come bail me out of this. So I call him up and he's in freaking Idaho, oh, Iowa or no. something. At a, was the store closed? No, luckily he sends his wife. So, so Robin comes, <laughs> God love her. The sweetest woman bails me out, picks me up. Takes me to the to the uh, the closest gas station. Now I don't want to complain. Do you know the little tiniest gas can? Twenty five bucks. They fleeced me. How many? How many gallons? Two gallons. How do you pay twenty five bucks? That's what they charged you for the 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 canister. Oh, so they took. So you had to buy a yeah, canister I had at no, right. No kidding. Because you know, if I had a like, not. A Are we going to say wife. who that was or no? We'll let that. The the gas station? Yeah. I, I can't think. It's the one, like if you're coming into Berea from 25 and it's like you pass up. So you uh, had no container in your vehicle. Robin didn't bring you a container. Correct. So you go there, you say, I'm out of gas, and yeah. they sell you two gallons for 25 bucks, and it's oh, no. Two gallons for probably 40 bucks because I had to pay for the, the gas. Container plus the container was 25. Oh, I thought you were saying 25 total. Yeah. So, and what's the container? Just a little plastic red? A little plastic red. And Jesus what else are you going to do? Right. Plus the two gallons of gas. Yeah. 
So and they, how'd you pour it in? Is there a nozzle on it? There's at least? a nozzle on the yeah. For so the now you bucks. There better, there better be. be. So now you've got it in your trunk. If you run out again, you got it. Well, I've already, I had like six of those at home, but I usually don't keep them with me because they kind of. Well, there's up a lesson. Car. Well, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'll just do it again. Like so you dummy. you poured it in and off you went. Poured it in, good to go. Did you follow Robin back to the store? I did. I did drop by and, and check out. Uh, you know, see what stuff they had in That's for the week. That's funny, Tristan. So, yeah, man, so, I could not tell you the last time I ran out of gas. I mean, I think fuck, I was yeah. No, actually, I do remember. It was Jaeger's truck. I bought a little uh, Chevy S10 off Matt, and I ran it out of gas. And I was literally, like, taking the hills and trying to coast back to my house. And I ran out <laughs> right in front of a neighbor's house and could literally walk to my house and get gas. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. So close. Oh, that's Man. great. So what about, uh, should we should we go to Chappelle or you got some? Yeah, you go there? to Chappelle. I, I, in the interest of full disclosure, I fell asleep at 1120 and have not yet seen that SNL, but I've heard all about his um, his monologue. So yeah, go ahead and hit the... Well, man, and it's so tough too, because again, I just think, and I think people that think about stuff, it's always tough when you're thinking about race and topics like this or anti-Semitism, because especially, you know, I've made no secret. I have Jewish blood. I'm not Jewish. I've never been to Jewish church or, you know, participate. You know, I do. It's called the synagogue. I call it Jewish church. Jewish church. So, Better than Jew church. That's, that's a Jew true. church over there. That's what uh, Kanye called it. Yes. But no. And so I watched the, the, the monologue that he gave and it was, they said he didn't do it in dress. He completely changed it up from dress. And he kind of got into a little bit of the Jews run Hollywood trope. And he just, you know, he didn't really come out and hit you with it, but he kind of was talking about Kanye and sort of like, yeah, whoever it is that runs Hollywood nah. wink, you know, I don't know, man, I'm, I'm so torn on all this because I don't want to overreact. I don't want to underreact. I know it matters, but I'm honestly not even smart enough to know why, like, if you know, if you say a person of an ethnic heritage, like if you say a Mexican person likes tacos, like at the end of the day, I don't, I don't know what type of pain that is inflicting. So, I mean, I guess I just need to be smarter about the situation altogether. But I, I will say, watching the monologue, it just makes you feel a little bit weird. You know, when you're watching somebody like I'm a huge Dave Chappelle fan, and to to see that it did, it just felt a little bit hateful. And I don't know. You're a smarter guy than me, and you've certainly well, been around longer to, to, to see a lot of this. Well, I've been stuff. around longer. But he's he's been getting that charge. You know, my brother's a huge Dave Chappelle fan. I'm a huge Dave Chappelle fan. But Tommy said when he was doing the transgender kick that he was punching down. That, you know, come on, Dave. You made your point. Stop. you got to stop with it now. You're too smart a guy to be still doing that. So you, so you felt like he was running that anti-Semitism line, of cutting it a little too close? Well, yeah, and it, it certainly feels like the media right now, for whatever reason, there's a bit of this black folks versus Jews kind Which of sentiment. Traditionally, historically in America, those two for those two groups united yeah. because they were both shit on. So right. they were always uh, adversaries yeah. so in many this, things. The Kyrie Irving, I don't know if you followed yeah. that very much. And, yeah. and of course, Kanye and, and David, it just becomes this weird, I don't know, like, is the is the risk and again i sound so stupid and i should be smarter on some of this stuff like i don't know that the fear is there will be an american holocaust right or we're not the, the risk of saying the n-word is not that we're going to start slavery again like we assume that stuff like that is not in the right you know potential future so i mean if you if you say something like jews run hollywood what like Obviously, that enables some stereotyping, and it, it's saying, which of course, like, look at me, I've 
I'm not a guy that's grown up with money and I, I have Jewish blood. So I don't know if you have to, I don't know, you have to be full blooded and go to synagogue or what. But I mean, obviously, it's incorrect to assume any group of people is a certain way, right? right. Like there's certainly rich black folks and poor black folks and rich Irish and poor Irish. So I don't know. What's the danger of those types of assumptions? Well, uh, well, well, that's great. I mean, talk about being caught off guard and having no script. So, I mean, the danger is just that stereotyping allows those power structures, right? Whether it's the patriarchy, whether it's the Gentile. Um, so you're trying to tear some of those asunder and, and, and actually create all people equally or, or not, not create them equally, but give them equal rights in terms of how we view people. So stereotypes, I guess, are inherently leave aside racist, sexist, anti-Semitic. They're, they, they feed the unequalness. How's that? Well, they, they, they feed the unequalness. So that's why we fight against them. At the same time, there's certain truths in every stereotype. Sure. Like it, so, it would be silly to say there's no Jews in Hollywood or there's no Jewish producers or, or whatever. And I watched. Uh, no, I mean, Jewish folks to Hollywood are American Samoans to the NFL or Serbians to the NBA. I mean, they are greatly, I mean, J Jewish population in America is two and a half percent, two percent. And in Hollywood, it's, you know, well, what's Spielberg's company? SK Spielberg, Katzenberg, SKG. Um, that's three very powerful Jewish men that, that have, you know, outsized power relative to the population. Now, why Jewish folks gravitated towards entertainment. I'm not sure. You'd have to look at the history. I'm sure Ken Burns could help out with that. <laughs> True. But um, yeah, there's no denying that Jewish folks are in Hollywood. Um, right. But that doesn't mean, you, you know, it doesn't make them awful for that. Yeah. And, and again, oh, I watched a great interview with uh, John Stewart last night on Colbert. Jewish. Yeah, well, that's the point. He's Jewish, and he was talking about Dave's monologue, and also happens to be great friends with Dave, Dave Chappelle. Chappelle. So he was talking about that, and he said, you know, the good thing about what Dave's doing is people will talk about it now. Like, you will have these conversations. So it's not like, you know, once, which I guess you could say the same with Kanye or, you know, Kyrie Irving. I mean, it does become a conversation, which is a good thing, because it's an opportunity for smart people and people who know what they're talking about to come forward and say why, you know, why it's bad to say that, you know, Jews are trying to do whatever or all black people are this or, or whatever. So I guess in terms of that, yes, it, it is. So what was Stewart's take? It, it, <laughs> again, I, it was tough to watch and you should probably watch it because, because it, it would be hard for me to sit here and describe, but it felt like he didn't love it, but he loves Dave. Was it on his show? He's got a show or a podcast. No, it wasn't on the he was, his he Apple was being, show. He was being interviewed. He his was Apple being interviewed show, interviewed by right? Stephen Colbert. Oh, oh I'm Colbert sorry. He, he was yeah. on Colbert's show. Old old friends. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was pretty unique, but it. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I just I do think some of this stuff. It is good to talk about it. I think it's better to talk about it than you know. Again, if, if kind of to Stewart's point. If you just say that person said something about the Jews, let's put them in the corner and never hear from them again. It almost allows that point of view to metastasize in a way that we can't talk about the Jews or we can't talk about blacks. Or, you know, one of the things that we talked about on the show is I think, you know, even if we are just a couple of white guys, it's probably good to sit and talk about race sometimes and learn and bring people on to, to, to gain 
additional information. Do you have any idea what Kanye West's beef is that's now sort of been picked up by Kyrie and a little bit supported by Chappelle? Not specifically, no. no. me either. I just don't know. What, what is he saying? I mean, the guy's a little wacky. He's very, he's very intelligent. He's an intelligent cat. Can't take that in from In some him. ways. And in some ways, obviously, he's very socially or, you know, when he does have mental illness, I think he's bipolar. But, yeah, I mean, obviously, he's a genius in fashion to a degree. But then he also, you know, was wearing white lives matter shirts and he's a black man. So there's something a little off with that. Right. I would think. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know. And again, he's not really come forth. And to me, if you come forth and say Steven Spielberg's company didn't pay me fairly, Steven Spielberg is a piece of shit. Then that becomes that's something at least you can wrap your head around right. and look at it. Yeah. But you just sort of hint at things that yeah. doesn't really help much. Right. When it becomes Jews run the world currency and it's a shadow organization, it becomes the Democrats raping babies in caves. Right. It just becomes Fair. this weird like we should all be able to say, OK, well, obviously that's not true. But I think one of the weird things about Jew, Jewish culture and Jews, especially where I grew up. Now you were, you know, you had plenty of Jewish folks in your, in your right on your radar. I did, you know, in the South, you don't really know anything. There's no Jewish folks. There's no synagogues. You're not going to school with a Jewish family. Elvis country. Yeah. Paulie referred to the South. They had to go to Tennessee for something. Yeah. And he called it Elvis country. And somebody, one of the brothers said Elvis country. Yeah. No Jews, no guineas. (laughs) So, yeah. So I guess the point is, is, you know, when you hear something about, Jewish folks, you're you probably tend to believe stuff because you're not around them to say, oh, okay. Or, you know, I grew up in a high school with no black folks. So again, right. in that in a in a world like that, it's easy for racism to spread. It's easy for kids to walk down the hall and say the N-word. Right. They don't have to right. be accountable. They don't right. have to make friends. That's oh, okay. Right. You're you're not playing sports with guys that don't look like that's you. That's a so, great point. So again, I, I think that's been enabled about Jews, certainly in the South, because, you know, it's easy to say, I'm going to Jew you down on that. Right. When you've never been around a Jewish person in your life. Right. I don't know. I I think there's a good conversation to be had there. I I, I would like to bring on somebody smarter than me. Vinny would run into some redneck who said, man, that was some Jewish lightning. And Vinny would say, pretty sure that's Baptist lightning. That's funny. (laughs) That's pretty good. That's funny. But, you know, it's funny, Trizan, certainly not to the degree that uh, Jewish folks run into it. But I, having grown up in New Jersey, where there's a predominance of Catholics and and Jewish folks, until I moved here, I didn't really realize the degree to which Catholic prejudice exists here. Really? Oh, hell yeah. I mean, it was the, uh, oh, they're the drinkers, they're the gamblers, you know, it's a cult, yada, yada, yada. That's funny. And yeah, and, and it is. And when the Ku Klux Klux Klan was founded, it wasn't just anti-black, it was anti-Jewish and anti-Catholic because a lot of the quote-unquote carpetbaggers that came down during, um, you know, post-Civil War, during Reconstruction were Northeastern Catholics coming down to the South. And so they really had a lot of disdain in the South for Catholics as well. Yeah, it's it's, it's fascinating. And again, I wouldn't mind having somebody on here, uh, you know, your buddy Dave, you know, he said his son is a bit of an activist in, uh, right? Dave. Our black friend, Dave. Oh, Dave Townsend? Dave Townsend, yes. uh, Well, I don't know, son, I think Dave's pretty active in, in yeah. that. John so, Meacham would be the guy. You know John Meacham? He's a name's he's familiar. Tennessee. He's a Vanderbilt. He may be a professor emeritus, but man, I love that guy. And he's just one of the most knowledgeable men who could speak to all that stuff. And yeah, you're right. To listen to people to, um, I don't know, Jewish prejudice just goes on and on and on. It just continues to exist. Well, it's, it's all going to go on and on. I mean, you know, people yeah. are going to, you know, the Mexican 
Uh, I guess racism is what you'd call that is, you know, you see that. And with blacks, I mean, it's not like you can snap your fingers. There's always going to be corners and no magic of the country that, yeah, yeah. that are always going to feel, you know, well, they, and again, back to Trump, take full circle on this discussion. Didn't he tap into someone was just underlying that was always there. We knew it was there. He just kind of peeled that mask back. Yeah. He's definitely not been as uh, good as he could have it at denouncing some of that stuff for sure. I think he played to it a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, I wouldn't say he's racist. I think he just knows his audience. Yeah. Can you, can you, you know, can you distinguish those two things? Maybe. Well, yeah. I mean, like, I don't think, well, again, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just pulling this out of my spitball end. Yeah. But, you know, I, I don't think Donald Trump, you know, has a meeting with a, a, an executive that happens to be black and thinks that N word, right? Which would make him racist. But I right. think, but I think now he knows if he can, you know, if he can manipulate a group of people to, you know, gain himself power or votes or whatever, I don't think he's above that. Well, whereas I think you, you would have a, a John McCain who, if, you know, if he could d- ignore something racist and not comment on it, even if it's going to cost him votes, John McCain would have came out and said, no, I, right. You know, when my, that woman, well, well, yeah, the, the said great she, example, it was a Muslim. Was Obama said, no, man, he is not. He's not, he's a perfect gentleman, a family man. I happen to disagree with him. And the opposite to that would be Trump when he fabricated that story about 25,000 Muslims jumping around joyously in Jersey city where he watched the towers fall and right. which is right across the river. Yeah. That didn't happen. He made no. that up because yeah. there was a particular audience who was going to eat that up. Yeah. That and was that, just total bullshit. And that's what you hate because that's the type of thing that creates this divisive political culture we've got right now. So I will ask you this. It now, certainly adds to it. Yeah, definitely. This going back to some of our earlier conversation about the election. Now tr- let's take Trump out of the equation. All right. So this is very pro-Republican. Now, one of the things that I really felt good about. Now, again, my Republican friends will say, ah, go fuck yourself. But, the you know, a lot of these. As they will. As they tend to do. A lot of the Republicans that lost, take your Dr. Oz, uh, some of these folks that, you know, even Lauren Boebert, they conceded. It wasn't, you know, they didn't pull the Trump. Oh, it was fake and rigged and. It didn't feel it felt more like a normal election. Okay. Than it felt like. I so take like, that. Oh, sorry. You're good. So like, was there some misplaced? See, I don't feel like the the worry was misplaced because Donald Trump's still doing it. So if he's right. not picking these folks, look, I think this democracy stuff that the liberals talk about and that we talk about, I think it's still fair until he's gone. Yes. Right? Yes. So, so I wanted to give props and and you know and say like. Good for these folks that lost. Now, That's I think Carrie Lake is, is going to do the Trump gonna thing. She's going to do the Trump yeah. thing. And, right. oh, something was Which was great. another very funny SNL skit. That it was a cold skit. opening. Yeah. yeah. So we they, have word that you're ahead. The system is wonderful. And no, wait, you're behind. <laughs> that system is broken. Yeah, they're they're kooky. I mean, and, and people are saying, um, and, and it shouldn't take a week, but the degree to which the time is, uh, the degree to which the uh, election counting is taking forever, seemingly, has to do with making sure that it's right, that the right. checks and balances are working. Now, whatever Florida did, Georgia did, kudos to them. But, you know, the problem with our elections are there's no federal law. It's 50 states free to do elections as they want. Now, sure. should there be a federal oversight? Perhaps. 
um, because it does seem to be there's quicker ways to do it. Witness Florida. But Florida had the terrible 2020 and the folks in Florida, to their credit, and I'm just not a huge Florida guy generally, and I take my opportunity to pick on them. But to their credit, they got their shit together and they do elections pretty well now. Right. Um, maybe some other states need to learn from that or see what they do. But but the reason it's taken so long is to make sure that everything's legitimate. Right. It's not because there's a cabal we've, that's... We've got time to bring in these Japanese ballots <laughs> yeah, and stuff them all in. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So so good for the folks, Democrat and Republican, that, that handled their loss in a manner befitting yes. our country. Yes. So that, that was nice go. to see. A manner befitting democracy. Correct. Right. And so, and I think the sooner, you know, and again, I'm not a DeSantis guy, but the sooner we have people that are going to be honest about their loss and, and do what's best for the country, the better, whether that's DeSantis or God, I don't want to say Ted Cruz, but you know, mm. anybody on the right. So who, all right. So Donnie announced yesterday, so we know he's in and I'll give my brother credit. I still had doubts. Tommy said, buzz, he's running. And, uh, yeah. professor, who'd we have on months back? The gentleman who we thought we were in class with Rick. Oh, Rick Shankman said, Back in last winter, yeah, that was I think February when he was on and said, "Yeah, as far as I can tell, he's running." Yeah, I don't see how he's not running. True. So kudos to those guys. So all right, so Donnie's in, and we assume DeSantis is a lock to run, right? Right. Cruz is going to try and make some noise. He's never going to uh, be president. I don't think. I think so. Mike Pence wants to run. He he's, definitely he, wants he's to run. He's got the book tour now. He wrote yeah. the book and. You know, I've often said about Mike Pence, probably agree with him almost nothing politically, but perfect gentleman. If he, he certainly passes sure. the neighbor test. And also, if you're each cutting your lawn and you run into Mike Pence over the fence, you're going to walk away saying, ah, that's a really good guy. 100%. And yeah, that's it. You're not necessarily, if you're on our, on the left side, going to agree with, with much he has to say. But again, if he loses an election, he'll do the right thing. He'll if do he the wins right thing. The election, he'll do the right and thing. And to his credit, you always know where he's coming from. He's not going to blow smoke up your ass. But right. then you have that thing where and may have saved democracy, by the way, and may have saved democracy. But you do have that problem for someone who is so quote unquote wholesome, and he's an evangelical. How much of that was compromised when he hitched his wagon to Trump's star? Yeah. And you got to answer for that. It's like, Mr. Vice President, yeah, you're a good guy. And I remember him when he was in Indiana right. uh, as a congressman. And then he was governor. But it's like, man, all of that is compromised. It's I just it is. the connection between evangelical Christians and Donald Trump is just a fucking mystery. Did dare, you- dare I say a goddamn mystery? <laughs> I mean, did, good did you watch Lord. Pitts's interview? I did. I did. There was a pretty funny, I mean, I did. not traditionally funny, but some funny spots when he said, uh, ironically gonna, funny. Right. Uh, Donald, you know, I'm really, I'm going to pray for you. Yes. He's like, basically get the fuck out of here. Like, you know, it's like, do you know who you're talking to? Right. Like, it's like, he's got his fucking porn stars. Don't and, waste my time. Right. Give me a break. So I don't know. I, I think I, I've got a lot of respect for Mike Pence in some ways. Again, he, he stepped up and did the right thing when he had to. Right. But yeah, it, it is tough to be the evangelical super Christian candidate who ran with the guy who fucks porn stars. Yeah, like it's, it's just, just tough. Really hard for people who were somewhat objective taking a step back from now the the Christian right. I guess they justify it however they do. But sure, there's uh, a passage in the Bible to fix anything. Right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> but it, it's. It, it makes it difficult, and it's something you're going to have to answer for. It's kind of like Teddy Kennedy with Chappaquiddick. He could never get away from it. Mr. Pence, you got to answer. So, you know, it, basically this guy's a piece of shit ethically. And, you know, we're not electing a pope. I get that. 
But it's different with Mike Pence because his entire life was, I can't be in a woman, uh, in a room with a woman who's not my wife. I'm, you know, the most yeah. wholesome guy there is. And maybe he is. Sure. Kudos to him. Yeah. There is absolutely nothing wrong living your life according to the Ten Commandments or using Jesus as a model for your life. Great. 100%. 100%. But you kind of compromise that when you had hitched your wagon to Donald yeah. fucking Trump. Yeah. And you got to answer for that. And maybe that's the biggest regret of his life. I don't know. But, you know. Yeah. And well, it's that double edged sort of, you know, how else would he have got the. Exactly. Yeah. That that level of political fame. But then also it comes with the baggage of, look, look who you said. This is OK. And see, Tristan, to me. So uh, uh, Vice President Pence is sort of the poster child of that. But to me, that expands and extends to all conservative Christians. And I'm not saying they're bad people. Sure. What I'm saying is they compromised a lot of their high ground morality by attaching themselves to Trump. And, and they have to be asked about that. I don't think it's unfair to continue that charge. I don't want to relitigate 2016 and 2020, but Trump's Trump and we all know who he is. And even last night, again, proved not an ounce of humility. Me, me, me. Everything's about him. All anti-Christian values. Not a single Christian value there with Trump. Right. Not one. Yeah. But they attach themselves to him. So you got to explain that to me. It's a Faustian bargain, man. And they've uh, so many folks on the right have made that to get, you know, this ultimate goal of, uh, you know, overturning Roe and getting these correct judges in. And so they said, look, we'll we'll take that no matter how we get it. And now they have to answer with how they got it. I think that's right. I, I mean, at least you are allowed to ask those questions. Yeah. You they, know. They, they stay relevant. They stay relevant. That's yeah. exactly right. Yes. They stay relevant. Well, brother, we're close. Goes quick, man, and 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 Daddy's got to go pick up some WalMarts. Oh, so what are you, click lister? Yeah, my wife does the click listing, and I bastard. Will, and we'll go. See what I don't get about click list, and I, I mean, I guess I do. They made this calculation, but what about the impulse buy? When you pull up and the yeah. groceries are there, man, how much? That's why they always said don't shop hungry, right? Because yeah. you're gonna. I mean, I love. I am not a shopper. I'm just not. I know that's a cliche. I, I really, I'm. Patty hates it because I'm in the store and I'm out of the store. The one exception is the grocery store. I do walk and browse because <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm a, a fat guy who likes food. I but you relate. never know what you're going to find. And the and the click list takes that impulse by away. But well, I'm sure that calculation has been made. I think the deal with that is they do it in a different way. So as you're clicking, they're going to pop up that ad that says, hey, you should try this oh, okay. potato chip. Oh, okay. hey, how about this new drink? That's how that works. So they okay. do still get you. Sure. But, but no, I think to your point, if you're in the store looking at that, yeah. it's still a little easier to say. Say, oh, I got that, that baked tangible. cake. Yeah, yeah exactly. right in my face. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so, yeah, man, you want to do a little do do a little uh, joke for us today? Yeah, I'm still working off my dad jokes, which is I nice because like they're quick. So. They are good. Tristan, you have any idea what you call a factory that makes okay products? <laughs> I do not. A satisfactory. Oh. <laughs> hey, that's pretty good. Boom, boom. And that's brought to us by... Um, by uh, Berea Pond, by Aaron, right? Good friends, yeah. Aaron and Robin, who rescued you. Thank you. will rescue me when I'm out of gas. And Lord knows they're wonderful friends. I'm going to take them out to Mexican sometime this week. Take them out to Mexican. Take them out, baby. And you learned that don't pay attention to the 35 miles. You think there's a warning in that for all of us? No, because, I, Ray, you know nobody trades cars or has more cars than me. And I've had 200 cars in my life. They all go to freaking zero, most of them over zero. Let me tell you a funny story. The this is the God's Go honest truth. I wouldn't yeah. have thought about it. I left work 22 miles. And I said, all right, so it's about 12 to Berea and maybe four or five back to Bucky's. I haven't been in Bucky's in a while. I know they're going to have cheap gas. 
fuck it, I don't want to run out of gas. So I stopped and put 25 bucks in. I'm probably going to put the rest in at Bucky's. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm not running out on I-75 down to do the podcast. I'm no. going to stop and put 25 Good bucks call. in my car. So I did that, literally leave it here. Nice. 22 miles. I probably would have made it. That total is probably yeah. 16 or something. Again, but- I've never had a car that ran out like that before. So, so you can trust when it says 22, to me, it's I've 22. I've never been able to not trust that. But how not, pissed were you? Not anymore. Well, just more of an inconvenience. It, yeah, I mean, it was a Saturday. I didn't have much going right, on. Right, right, right. Like, well, so it wasn't like you were weird on your way to an important meeting. Yeah, so it was a good time for it. Good, yeah, perfect. And you knew it was time. like ah, exactly turning over didn't catch, and I just said, "Is this out of gas? <laughs> I'm out of gas." You know? oh, Put God. the gas in, started right up it, immediately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good times. So yeah, it's nice. We we got some actual reviews since we recorded last. So I did. I pulled off some actual reviews off of our Spotify account. And again, if you listen, the best thing you can do for us is write a review somewhere for us. We certainly appreciate it. And if it's five stars, we'll read it right. And here. who rates it? Who who rates the five star? The Twitter people? No, the folks that leave the review. Ironically enough, because it feels like some of the reviews aren't very nice. Right. But maybe they know they have to leave five stars to, to get, get it, it read. To get it read. Okay. That's so cool. yeah. So they're these are. The folks who leave the review actually do choose between one and five stars. I gotcha. Yeah. So, okay. So I've pulled out five of our most recent ones. Oh, baby girl 22 writes, and this is brought to you by our buddy Dan here, right here at Bad Wolf. Yes. Canyon. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So thanks. And I'm going to buy one of these new shirts. I like the They're cool. Shirts. Yeah. Real nice. nice. So baby girl 22 writes, I feel like you guys should be canceled, not for offending anyone, but more in the old sense of the word. Well, five stars. So like just a good old cancel our show. Thanks, baby girl 22. Uh, Dukes of Harlan writes, Libtard alert, Libtard alert, we do, we do. Five stars. He actually wrote out, we you, we you. That's funny. Thanks. And I guess that's fair. We're probably Libtards, right? I don't know. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, I, I guess. I guess. In some places. Sure. Flying Ryan Hess writes, I would rather caress my grandmother's naked breast then listen to this podcast again. Five stars. Mm. Wow. Now, are you picturing your, your own self? Yeah. Yeah, that's rough. That's rough. Is that, I was able to read that without picturing but myself. Kissing your grandmother and she slides you the tongue. Oh, God. <laughs> that's that's uh, not a good day. <laughs> no. It feels like the plot of a horror movie. So, yeah. Yeah, so He probably won't be listening again. Uh, Bad Bobby 1990 writes... I know this is weird, but listening to your podcast always makes me want a fish fillet sandwich from McDonald's. I don't know why, but when you guys talk, I crave McDonald's fish. Anyway, keep up the good work. Five stars. Wow, that's at least nice. That's kind of nice. I know it doesn't make any sense. It's kind of offbeat and random. Yeah, it's very random. Fish. I don't know why you would want McDonald's fish sandwich from listening to... I don't know. That's weird. I, if you, you write it, I'll read it. We don't have to... It doesn't have to make sense. No. Uh, Karate Adult 1982 writes... This is what happens when the two dumbest guys you know knew in high school do a political podcast. Oh, that's not very nice. That's that's fair, though. Well, I will note that in his review, he actually did misspell dumbest without a B. Ah! So, joke's on you. D-U-M-E-S-T, dumbest. Yeah. There you go. Screw you, at Karate Adult 1982. You're not smart either. Dumbest. three of us are not smart. That would actually be doomest. Doomest. So, we are the doomest. (laughs) We are the doomest. That's fair. (laughs) All right. I don't know what we accomplished, but uh, good luck to the Democrats who did not take an ass-kicking. Good luck to the Republicans. Republicans, maybe there's a message that 
we can all get along, as a man said once. Man, let's long do ago. it. We're all freaking Americans. Let's get back to uh, giving our neighbors a chance, even if we happen to vote a little different. Wouldn't that be nice? Ah, it would be pretty darn nice. Oh, well, anyway, have a great week. You too, brother. Thanks, man. Good seeing you. Thanks for listening to Extreme Common Sense with Tristan and Ray. We hope you had fun and look forward to taking on another topic next week. Hello. According to our research, you like podcasts. Well, if you have a passion, mission, or story, you should have your own podcast. And I have a resource you might be interested in. Go to frontporchstudios.com slash products and services. You'll see how Front Porch Studios can help you enter the world of podcasting. Again, that's frontporchstudios.com slash products and services. Thank you for your time. Goodbye. Trisden here with the Extreme Common Sense Podcast, thanking our friends at Berea Pond. We could not do the podcast without the generous support from Aaron and Robin at Berea Pond. And also, my house wouldn't have nearly as much cool stuff without all the items at Berea Pond. So when you're ready for your next furniture, gun, ammo, pallet, they have so much cool stuff, you're not ever going to regret going to Berea Pond. That's Berea Pond at 107 Clay Drive in the old IGA building across from near New Auto Center. Don't miss out. If you're from the area, you got to get into Berea Pond.